Hello, you're listening to No Such Word as Can't with me, Hazel McBride. I was always told growing up that there was no such word as can't, and I genuinely believe that that mentality instilled a belief in me that anything was possible if I just set my mind to it. As someone who started off with a seemingly impossible dream and somehow made it my reality, I want to help more people achieve their goals by giving them actionable advice as well as sharing stories from others who have done the same. I am so excited to introduce you all this week to one of the favorite guests I've ever had on this show, international ice dancer and perhaps best known for his skating on Dancing on Ice. It's Mark Hanretti. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited. I cannot wait for you to share all of your advice and wisdom with all of my listeners. (laughs) So for anyone who's been living under a rock and maybe isn't familiar with who you are, could you perhaps introduce yourself? Ah, okay. So I am uh, Glasgow-born, or Erskine, yeah, Glasgow-born, West Coast of Scotland. Um, chap who started figure skating, having watched Torval and Dean um, on TV, and then effectively just that took over my life and represented Britain at World and European Championship competition, and then um, have done what will soon be ten series of Dancing on Ice on TV. And I, I choreograph skating and I coach skating and, and I commentate skating. So skating is life. Um, it's kind of where I'm at, really. And then my greatest accomplishment, obviously, getting married and having two beautiful children. So Of um, course. Of course. Of, of course. course. Um, so you got introduced to skating at a relatively young age um, and you started off figure skating, correct? Yes, so I was um, nine when I watched Torvald Dean compete in the 1994 Olympics. And then I eventually got my parents to sort of convince them to take me skating, I think, when I was near 10. Um, and skated in Scotland as a figure skater, a free skater, and got to the British Junior Championships. And was about to compete internationally as a single skater, junior, and then had an injury and then switched to ice dance and then moved to um, Nottingham. Um, and then when I was, as an ice dancer, I just, the partner that I had latterly split our training time between Colorado Springs and Sheffield. Um, so, yeah, and then did that for years and, and then dancing, dancing on ice took over. Yeah. So when you were younger, you said that you had an injury. Was that a big part of your decision to move to ice dance or were you already considering it? Um. So my, I come from, a very academic family and so I didn't and I started skating relatively late so but my parents I think were naturally and understandably worried that I was pursuing or wanted to pursue something that didn't really um have a track record of potential for a career really oh how you've you know, proved them wrong now <laughs> well yeah yeah I mean they they were worried that you know it wasn't the best investment of my time in my life and so I didn't skate that much compared to, you know, the way that the, the children, the youngsters I'm commentating on skate, you know, 30 hours a week. Um, I didn't do nearly that amount. So I didn't, although I had talent and worked hard, I was about 17, 18 and didn't have triple axle and then got injured. So my, I was still not like world competitive, um, but I switched to ice dance in the hope that I could make world and European championships and still achieve my my ambitions 
um, which the injury prevented me trying to do that as a single skater. So um, I switched, made the switch to ice dance. And I mean, that was when I was like 18, 19. So again, starting in the in the discipline a bit too late, essentially. Um, but I still managed to get to Europeans and Worlds. But then unfortunately, the sport um, is just so incredibly expensive um, and political. So I, well, I ended up retiring from competition at a time when it was all a bit fraught and sad. But in hindsight, it was brilliant because I was really lucky all the way that things have panned out since. No, definitely, for sure. But, um, I, you know, I'm not a skater myself. I understand the world of sport, but the specific world of skating, you know, the ins and outs I'm not super familiar with. You know, you said that you you didn't have the triple axle. Is that something that's incredibly important for you to be able to, like, for me being super ignorant, I'd be like, the jumps. So the jumps the jump. in figure skating, yep. I assume, are very important. So, yeah, so um, I remember at the time, it was there was the, the nine oh gosh I don't know what year it would have been but I remember watching the world championships and there was a, a young Russian guy who was just a year older than me it was, his name was Evgeny Pushenko and he was landing quadruple jumps and I couldn't master the most difficult triple jump which was a bit of a prerequisite for success on the international stage mm. and it was just like ah and I was injured and therefore unable to train that element so not only could I I wasn't able to accomplish it. I wasn't going to be able to train it to, to get able to land it. Yeah. Um, but I had a, a skating style that was almost a little bit more suited to the ice dance, which is what the legends of Torbland Dean do. So it it wasn't something that was done in Scotland. Nobody really trains it in Scotland um, or coaches it in Scotland, I should say. And so I hadn't done it at an earlier stage, but now this injury probably, you know, a sign from the universe to try something different. And it was a good nice. sign. Yeah, so I assume that the ice dance is a lot more stylistic and you may be a little bit more open to interpretation with the choreography, etc. So even though there was a big factor of your injury kind of deciding, okay, I'm going to move over to ice dance, did you eventually fall in love with it? Oh, yeah. And I mean, I think, you know, from all the greatest challenges, whether or not it's your subconscious that's steering you or whether it's the universe or what, but certainly the universe was steering me into something that was better suited for me for sure so um I think potentially my subconscious was looking for get it certainly whenever I felt whenever I'm unwell whenever I'm injured I know it's always something greater like absolutely I completely agree my gran always said a good Glasgow granny always said what's for you won't go by you won't go by you no yeah. <laughs> So, you know, you switched to ice dance and you did end up going to British Championships, European as well. Uh, how did that feel to to hit those milestones for you and to have that success? I mean, it, what's a shame, and I think this is probably the case for a lot of um, people with high ambition. I competed at the World Championships and I remember being miserable because I'd always wanted to be there, but I was competing there knowing that even if I performed at my best, I couldn't beat people if they performed and made mistakes. I just wasn't of that caliber. And then, so I remember being at the World Championships in Italy and being like, oh, oh. but I suppose that's what makes you somewhat successful. You know, the successful people always have these lofty ambitions and they're, you know, their eyes are on the prize in the stars. Um, so, in hindsight, I am proud to be able to say I competed at a World Championships representing my country. I'm proud to That's say I competed so... at European Championships. 
Yeah, of course. That's so strange to me. You know, I was a swimmer, so I have a swimming a swimming background and, you know, it's it's much more of a level playing field. You know, if you go to Worlds or you go to the Olympics or whatever, you will always have a chance of getting uh, a getting a gold medal. You know, if you make it to the heats, if you win your heat, if you win your final, you know, everyone kind of, I mean, obviously you have to qualify, but once you're there, everyone has a chance. You know, that's so strange to me that you could go to the Worlds and know that, your chance of getting a medal were like hardly anything. What what's that like? Why is that? So the uh, I mean partly because because in the UK there isn't homegrown world class skating done. So and weirdly there are just pockets and I'm as I commentate now upon the sport, like there are, are, are hubs for the creation of world class talent. And unfortunately, it's an incredibly expensive sport. I think it's about like horse riding and show jumping, um, but it's exorbitantly expensive. Yeah. And so I couldn't afford to train at one of these hubs. So I wasn't then exposed to the same level of coaching or input mm. from multiple sources as they get at these hubs. And the nation, the National Federation wouldn't pay. So, and then also... The, a byproduct of training in a hub is that you're surrounded by other world-class athletes so as wonderful as youtube is there's nothing more uh supportive than the osmosis of being around yeah. better so i was a big fish in a little pond at that time probably the best skate team in the country at least one of two teams in the country that trained in the uk that was the best in the nation but um then when we went out to the likes of the world championships and saw what was happening abroad even though you could kind of check in with it on youtube it was it was not comparable um and so then i do believe i had the relevant work ethic and drive and sufficient talent to be our potential world champion i have no i can say that confidently that's a bold statement i had that but the stars just didn't align and my my future wasn't meant to be that it's meant to be something else it was indeed so you know after the world championships what was your how did you get approached to do dancing on ice or did you go out and look for it did someone approach you how did that happen well weirdly we my my then partner and I at the time uh, um, approached Christopher Dean to choreograph for our next season's choreography um, and the only way to get a hold of him and to track him down was to go to the dancing ice tour that was coming to Sheffield where we trained so we went backstage and we met him and and he said, yeah, he would do it. And then on the back of that, it was, I think, I think on the back of that meeting where he said he would choreograph for us, I remember returning to training and just thinking, I managed to, to, to be able to say, as I still can now, I was a world championship competitor, but in my heart of hearts, knowing that to be a world championship medalist was another 10 years of life and another hundreds of thousands of pounds of life to then, the amount of time, energy, commitment to go from being a world championship competitor to a world championship medalist mm. really in my, my left brain logic head wasn't justifiable. Mm. Um, so I just instead said, well, would you want me on the show? And then he said, yes. And that was that. <laughs> Amazing. I mean, I still remember, I think maybe your first season on Dancer. Was it your first season where you dislocated your shoulder? No, that was actually my third. Okay, I that that was a big dramatic moment, and I'm going to touch on it with how much athletes need 
so much resilience and grit and determination because you just popped that shoulder back in your socket and we're like, no, 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 I'm good. I'm good to go. But what uh, was, so, like, what was that like? That must have been. So, yeah. So for those that don't know, basically skating on with a celebrity skater and lovely lady, but she tripped me up. And as I fell, my shoulder popped out and it was on live television. And I was just like, Ooh! and I don't mm. think it was, it was just adrenaline and all sorts. And so then, of course, everybody assumed at the end of the show that we would shoot my celebrity partner wouldn't be able to compete because her professional partner had had his shoulder dislocation. But I was mortified. I was like, just put it back in. Let's crack on, head down, get this job done. And so I, and I just remember Philip Schofield saying, oh, I, you know, he's not going to be able to do it again. And me being like, just get the shoulder in. Let's hurry up and go on with it. Um, oh my and the physio there knew that I would she knew that I would be okay she's a lovely lady I really like Sharon and um so we just went out and did it um but then it seemed to be one of again the universe works in mysterious ways my wife was due to have our firstborn baby the following day her due date was the following day so the universe works in very mysterious ways and I I was worried about how how will I get from London at the studios if she goes into labor and what if the show happens yeah. and I'm committed to it? So the universe works in incredibly mysterious ways. Well, no, it doesn't really. You just you just aren't always aware of what you're manifesting. Yes, true. So, you know, you ended up manifesting a very good career um, out of Dancing on Ice. You've been on it for a while now. Um, but what was it like going from being, okay, I'm skating at, you know, world championship level but within a sport so what was it then like to go to ice dance in the entertainment world well I just think I'm incredibly fortunate that then and I, I remember when I first started dancing in ice I'd just come off as you said like world championship I've spent the last however many years of my life focusing on being like one of the most elite athletes and skating and I remember coming to dancing in ice and be like oh my gosh these people can't skate that great and being really snooty for a skating perspective but then I realized it's a completely different world the world of entertainment is completely different and the requirements and demands of that show are just so radically different and I have been lucky to learn so many amazing life skills and life experiences through that tv program um and actually it's funny because here and I'm in Latvia at the minute and there's a, a coach that has known me for the whole duration of my competitive career and she said oh you seem so comfortable in front of the microphone because I'm speaking on the microphone all the time and I thought well I suppose that's a byproduct of doing dancing and ice that mm-hmm. just um and just really really lucky that I didn't consciously pursue that and yet it's facilitating more cool opportunities on the back of it. Did you find yourself changing as a skater throughout dancing on ice? Oh my gosh yeah hugely um hugely and and uh, <laughs> I think I would be I would have been more reluctant to say this because it sounds so egotistical and eccentric or egocentric, but on the professional skating cast of Dancing Eyes, I'm probably one of the best skater skaters. Actually, like because I went to world championships, I don't think any of the rest of them now have done that. But um, I realized that I'm not the best performer, I'm not the best in front of camera, I'm not the best trickster. Um, and so it was like, oh, my skill set is not what the this skill set needs and that was um so then I had to then you have to learn again it's nice to be pushed it's nice to be in it it's always really good to be I wish I could give you a, a perfectly wonderful quote and I'm sure there are hundreds of thousands that I could just cling on to here but not enough to bring out but 
you know, it's, it's good to be under pressure and pressure is a privilege. I know that much. Oh, I like that. I do like that. And, pressure you know, it is, is such a privilege. yeah, it is a lot of pressure as well going out every weekend, like you said, live on TV, but every year that you do it, you have a different partner. So that requires, I mean, obviously a lot of the effort is on whatever celebrity is learning to skate from scratch, you know, that that's a big task in and of itself. But I assume also for the pro skaters to then adapt how they are working and how they are training to their celebrity because everyone has different personalities. Absolutely. And I think that, again, like what, how amazing a life experience to then. I've now spent incredible condensed periods of life with a politician, with somebody who, you know, was in the House of Lords for their job with a diet and fitness expert who had you know a huge huge business or reality tv stars or pop like a pop star from one of the biggest girl brands ever like I've had condensed working experiences with a Paralympic Paralympic champion like all these amazing life experiences with people from walks of life that are so diverse and otherwise I would never have had the chance to you know spend so much time with so that is humbling and um perspective fueling yeah, I can only imagine. I mean, as someone like myself who has pretty much religiously watched the show since it since it came out, you know, it's what sparked my desire to want to learn to go from basically Bambi on ice to I can maybe skate backwards and I'm not going to fall over at Christmas when I go Amazing. on the rink. So what is that like for you to be able to bring skating as a sport to more people? Um, well... <laughs> incredible to share like something that I love and I think I'm very lucky that with the quote you know if you, if you love what you do you'll never work a day in your life um I'm lucky that what I loved to do became my way of paying for life um and so then to share that love with more people is super cool and then also to see particularly in, in regards to dancing and ice but also when I'm coaching to see how so many people love the combination of a little bit of physical exertion and dance and movement and music, like those things combined, they're things that people will just naturally fall in love with. And so um, I help people fall in love with something. Yeah. And when you have, you know, obviously mo the majority of the celebrities you get on Dancing on Ice don't know how to skate. You know, some, some have a higher level of natural talent than others, but is there ever a moment where you've been paired with someone where you've looked and gone, oh my God, I do not even know where to start? I mean, fortunately, because I've coached since I, because I had to pay for my training. So I was coaching. Um, I've been coaching since I was like 17, 16, 17. So then when you're doing the group classes and the private lessons and you're, you're doing anything for money and you have to just get as much money as you can to pay for the expensive training, I've had exposure already previously to all sorts of types of students so I think in that regard I was more served than um, most other professionals who are performers um, and maybe that's why in the past I've had more weak celebrities because they don't have the patience to help support their you know their skating education um, but certainly unlike I imagine Strictly Come Dancing in Dancing Ice, we train, we only get to train on the ice two hours a day, really, because of ice times and the expense of ice higher. So what you're given with the start, I could I could pretty much tell you the result 
when I find out that when I can see everybody on day one, what the result at the end will be. Knowing a little bit more now the pros, I can also add that as another variable. But um, yeah, and you just do your best with the job that you've got, and and you make sure then that the judges um will respect that you've made the very best you possibly could with what you're given. Yeah, of course, you know, because it's a big job on the celebrities, but also obviously on the professionals. Because now you guys have to choreograph it too, which is good for me because that's another one of the things I do. How did you end up falling in love with choreography? So I did um, after that World Championships I was telling you about. I remember having been and and for the two years prior to that, I was competing internationally a lot. And I remember then when I realized that I there was no justification for continuing to compete at the expense that it was that I still want to be on in that mix with those people and those elite professionals <coughs> and elite coaches and so I thought I'm going to try and I knew that if I was to try to coach a world-class team it would take 10-15 years so I thought I'll, I'll become the, a choreographer an elite level choreographer because that was a quicker route to getting back on that scene but there was a competition called the Young Artist Showcase Competition, which was an online skating competition judged by some of the world's best choreographers, which then led to final New York. And I applied to that and through a process of six stages um, of choreography, like I learned to hone and develop my craft. And then I did the final New York and I won the final. And then on the back of that, I was just asked to choreograph for lots of elite athletes and just, yeah. Just, Amazing. Yeah. yeah. How do you begin? Because I'd imagine there's some similarities between choreographing a dance as there is to choreographing an ice dance. But I'm sure there's very different variables depending on, I don't know, the size of the rink, your partner's ability, your skating ability. What kind of factors go into it? Well, so it's kind of like the remit. It depends on the remit of the piece. So if it's a competitive piece, I'm so bound by there's not well, yeah, the restrictions of what the rules are and what the competitor can do technically. If it's dancing and ice, then it's easier because it's just all performance based and you just make the most visual, entertaining and musical piece based on the potential of your celeb. So that's why in the past I've had celebs excuse me, do better in dancing and ice than they maybe would have based on their skating ability because I've just made their choreography disguise or lack of ability. Yeah. And um, do you start with the music or do you start with the steps? Start with music is life. Yeah, music is everything. Like, this, yeah, you shouldn't it really, I, never say never, but different people work in different ways. But to me, music is the impetus for all the movement. Yeah. Is there a favourite piece of choreography that you've done from Dancing on Ice specifically so that anyone listening to this who maybe is familiar with some of the routines would spot it? Uh, oh, actually, do you know what? It, from Dancing on Ice, the, the lady that I skated with, the Pussycat doll that I skated with last year, Kimberly Wyatt, was incredibly talented. She was a trained dancer and so it was way easier. And so anything with her was really good. But interestingly, the year before I skated with a reality TV star who had no performance experience, no dance experience, no sports background. And she, she was injured in the show and she had to pull out. But the week of that, she had made her piece Falling by Harry Styles. And it was really, really good piece for somebody that had come into that with no experience whatsoever. It's on my Instagram, but... It's, it was that was that was impressive. I feel for somebody that didn't know how to skate, 
that didn't perform, that didn't act, that didn't sing, that didn't dance. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah. That's that's such a challenge for someone that has no background in any of it, like you said, because it's not just the skating, it's also, you know, an entertainment show as well. So that must be incredibly intimidating for people that have no background in any of that kind of being thrust forward into, okay, learn to skate and how to entertain us, please. And I think that's why I was told that I was part with that celebrity because she would need the constant reassurance. So it's then having the right kind of person to make you feel like, oh, no, it's okay, I'll be able to do it or I'll be able to do it with this person especially in such a short turnaround like it's but it's amazing what pressure does because you know if you ask anybody you know within 10 weeks three months could you go out and perform an ice skating performance on national television in front of millions of people most people would say no way but pressure fuels that for all the slips absolutely and what for you as a choreographer what excites you more having to choreograph a routine for a person who I don't want to say struggling a little bit, but isn't as accomplished an ice skater or someone with a huge amount of scope who you're having to choreograph, you know, lots of lifts and lots of different difficult things. What excites you more as a choreographer to then go ahead and be like, okay, I've got to make a piece. Oh, it's de- I mean, it's, it's indulgent to have somebody who's capable. No doubt about okay. it. Like it's, yeah, it's gloriously indulgent. So like last year with Kimberly, it was like, oh, wow, cool. Like, I can do so much more. Like if I'm going to work with an elite athlete, yeah. Like I basically before, I don't know who I'm going to be skating with next year and dancing nice, but I'm hoping, wishing and praying that because I had a good one last year, doesn't mean you said I don't get a good one this year. <laughs> Put it that way. How yeah. do they, if, if I'm allowed to ask you, let's say, how do they pair you up? Because I always imagined it was, there was something to do with height or like yes. with regards to being able to do the lifts, but from, yeah so there's um there's so many factors and to be honest the um the producers did i have to say that even if i've not liked it they do an incredible job for the cast of professionals and the cast of celebs that they've hired and it's a little bit height but a lot of it's temperament okay i can see that like who's going to and it's not even like it's who's going to make the experience last for the celeb and the pro you know who can make that pairing last the distance in the most harmonious and happy way and to be honest i think that is more probably important in some respects although they do obviously want that you know they do want to have some good ones so they need to make sure that yeah at the end of the day it's isn't it is an entertainment show isn't it at the end of the day there's always going to be people behind the curtain you know throwing some spanners in the works and trying to figure out who's gonna make the best tv um but you guys do such an incredible job with with everyone that comes on that show you know that show in general it just i mean i'm the biggest fan of the pro skaters this is not this is a phenomenon the people that watch dancing on ice most of us that have watched it for so long don't really watch it for the celebrities like, well, I watched like I watched strictly for the pros. Yeah, like we watch it for the pro skaters. And I remember um the year that Dan Whiston stopped being in the show and started doing more behind the scenes. Like people were devastated. They were like, Where's Dan gone? Why is Dan not on the show? What's happening? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. And I think that's really not that's lovely. And it's a very um it's a very fame's not the right word. It's a very nice level of recognition because yeah, I don't get the flack that Celeb, like I've, I know celebs who got horrendous trolling and I've rarely had anything 
nasty like that. So it's just an event. But like quite often I'll go out and about and somebody will say, oh, are you that guy from Dancing and I say, yeah. But it's just like nice only <laughs> nice recognition, a couple of selfies and all's good. <laughs> For you personally, because you spoke about you were nine and you watched Torval and Dean and that really inspired you to start skating. What was it like for you to then work with them? Oh, it's, I mean, and now they're friends, like now Torval yeah. and like Jenny and Chris are friends and I can text them and if uh, they did a favour, I'm sure that they would help me out and equally I would do anything for them. Um, but at first it was weird, like it's, it's bizarre and surreal. Um and it, like even today, like I was, I was interviewing another former world champion and a, a legend of the sport, and it's um, I don't know, humbling is not the word. It's it's just really um, good to break down the walls of expectation and see humans. Yeah, I think that's really cool, and I think I I can say that from a very privileged perspective of having met people that are perceived to be something whether it's famous or revered or wealthy I've met so many people that are have those taglines to them and then I think well they're just human yeah. and so, no, so I'm not really intimidated now by and the people I've been intimidated by are not nice people mm. like that yeah at the end of the day we're all human we're all human peace and love like let's just put good vibes out <laughs> so you you're not only just involved in dancing on ice you know you've got the whole rest of the year where you've got to work you know you mentioned you're currently in Latvia um commentating but you also run Hanretti skate camps so this is another way that you're continuing to choreograph and coach what's that been like so my wife and I created or my wife created it was her idea um to create these skate camps which we run throughout the year and it just gives I coach privately and I choreograph privately for a lot of the year but to do the skate camp just gives the chance for for a bigger scope of people to work with with what that you know my passion for the sport and my I mean I'm lucky I don't know a lot of British skaters that have gone on to be fairly successful on the world stage if they've had the finances of the backing to do it abroad they then move abroad mm. there aren't there are very few um skaters that certainly in ice dance particularly that I've competed at world championship level that I've stayed in the UK and so I'm very lucky to have had a lot of experience of working with different people and so the skate camps just give more people the chance to come on a couple of days to Sheffield and soak up some of that knowledge if they want um and they, they've been they're really fun they're just two days of happy happiness for people yeah <laughs> I mean, and kind of giving giving them the opportunity that you or others of your age back then didn't really have do you would you ever say that it's too late to learn how to skate? Oh gosh, no! I wouldn't say it's ever too late to learn how to skate, and I know so many people that derive such joy from skating that started in their fifties or maybe even later, sixties. Um, I don't know if I know anybody that derived much joy from skating in their seventies, starting in their seventies. <laughs> um, I don't. I don't know many people that would have the bravery to do that. But um, yeah, and, and I teach a lady who's in her eighties. Um, so yeah, it, I think to be a world class skater is a different yeah. ball game. But I think to be a world class sports person in any sport, you know, there aren't that many sports. I think I'm sure there are some that you could start late in life and have elite international success with. But I wouldn't say just to, to derive joy from skating and learn how to ice dance. You could do 
provided that you're fit and healthy and well, then up into your 60, 70s starting point. Amazing. That's great. So if anyone out there was thinking about starting to take some ice skating lessons, what advice would you give them? I would say um, don't be scared to fall. Know that falling is a prerequisite part of the sport and that that should in turn eliminate the fear of falling, which I think holds a lot of people back. I think it's the fear of falling that inhibits their movement and also then can make the falls worse because they can be so tense. Mm. Um, and just... So, so knowing that falling is a, a prerequisite part of it um, and just to know that it's just a beautiful sport. Like the fact that, and the fact anybody that's wanted to start skating and has the ability to consider it, you're in a privileged, privileged place in your life to relish the chance to go and do something that you're capable of doing. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Mark, for taking the time to sit down and chat with us. No, thank you for having me. It was a nice chat. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you have enjoyed this week's episode, then please don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe, and I will catch you all next week.